you to hold them up real high. I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, sound like a church this morning. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I'm going to share something that you must have spiritual ears to hear. Look at your neighbor and say, put on your spiritual ears. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 verse 15, as well as in several other places, he said, he that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And that just lets me know that He wasn't just talking about natural ears because for the most part, everyone have natural ears. So today's lesson will need to be heard with your natural ears and your spiritual ears. Amen. So today's lesson, if you're taking notes, our title is Proclaim When Prompted. Proclaim When Prompted. And we're going to look at several verses because... I'm going to have to lay a foundation for what I'm teaching you. And then I'll be able to help you apply it at the end of today's message. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at uh, chapter 2 and 3. And then we're going to go over to Ezekiel. You will need your iPhone or Android to find Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 11 verses 5. That was Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and Ezekiel chapter 11 Verses 5. Those of you who are visiting us, the mission of Word of Truth Family Church is to know Christ and to make Him known. And the only way we're going to achieve that as a church is to teach the Word of God. And so I use several verses, but I do that because God's Word is more important than my Word. Amen. And so the core of this lesson uh, that I'm going to teach today is actually centered around a principle from a story that I used on last week. So if you weren't here on last week, I want to encourage you to go back either and watch the the lesson on, on YouTube or go back and listen to the podcast so you can hear the whole story. But in that lesson that I gave on last week, I gave the testimony of how God blessed our church with the $200,000 that we need to continue construction for this building. And what I said on that day, uh, on last Sunday, is on that Tuesday that we received that money, when I got up, we received the money on a Wednesday, but on that Tuesday, I got up that morning to pray, and I didn't feel prompted to pray as much as I felt prompted to declare God's harvest over seed that we had in the ground. And I believe that that prompting was a spiritual prompting. Say spiritual prompting. It was a spiritual prompting which helped produce the harvest that we received uh, that day and so or the next day. So today's lesson is kind of focused on us 
proclaiming God's word and his promises when the spirit of God prompts us to. So I have three points. Everybody say three points. I have three points this morning. Here's the first point if you want to write it down. And that is God's spirit moves. God's spirit moves. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look in verse 1. And it says, and I'm reading out of the King James this morning. It says, in the beginning, say in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the what? And the earth. In the beginning, God did that. An explosion didn't do that. We didn't start out as monkeys or apes. Because if we started out with monkeys or apes, here's the question. Where did the apes and the monkeys come from? Somebody had to make them too. But God didn't want us to be monkeys. He wanted us to be people, right? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, watch this, and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, say the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, what's the next word? Moved upon the face of the waters. Now, so I can make this point, I want to ask a question. And I want you to kind of answer the question by the showing of your hands. Okay, here's the question. How many of you have ever felt the Spirit of God before? Let me see your hand. If you felt the Spirit of God before, okay, that's the majority of you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Now, some of what I'm about to say may seem funny or sarcastic and may shock some of you. But so many people have been taught by what they've seen or they've been taught by what they have heard about what to do when the Spirit of God moves that we have been, listen, we have used those times when the Spirit of God has moved to feel good instead of do good. I'm going to say that again. Many people, they have been taught by what they saw. In some cases, they've been taught by what they have heard about what to do when the Spirit of God moves. And what we've done, we've allowed it to let us feel good instead of do good. And, and, and there is something wrong or nothing wrong when you sense or feel the Holy Spirit and dance and shout and run. All that's good. But what I want to share is something that I want you to begin to do when you sense the moving of the Spirit, whether you are here at church or not, because you should sense the Spirit of God in your life, whether you are at church or not. Amen. He's on the inside of you and He goes everywhere you go. Amen. And so... uh, when you, when you sense the Spirit of God, I'm going to show you now that if you do what I teach you today, you're going to see some supernatural results in your life. See, we're not natural people. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And God wants our life and our light to shine so people in the world could wonder what are we doing and who, are, who we are serving. Amen. We're not average people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not an average person. So now let's go back and read verses 2 of Genesis chapter 1. But this time we're going to continue to read to verse 3. It says in verse 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Watch this now. And the Spirit of God did what class? The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Watch verse 3. And read the next three verses, the next three words. And God... Come on, one more time. And God said. So watch this now. When the Spirit of God moved, God didn't just dance and shout and run. If you notice here, it says, and God what? 
said, well, what did he say? Let there be light and there was what? Amen. So if you notice, while the spirit of God was moving, God spoke. And then the results of God speaking while the spirit of God was moving, watch this, resulted in powerful results. In other words, light came as a result of the words that were spoken by God while the spirit was moving. And whenever you speak, watch this now, listen to me, whatever you speak while the spirit of God is moving, you will see results. Let's reread verse 3, and then now we're going to include verse 4 again. And God said, let there be light, and there was what? Light, and verse 4 says, and God saw the light, and it was good. I'm going to say it again. Whenever you speak while the Spirit of God is moving, you will see results. So I want to look at another passage, because I need to convince you today That when you are prompted by the Spirit, and I'll explain how to sense that, okay? Because some of you are going, I don't know if I can ever feel, I don't know what it means to get a prompting. Well, I'm going to do my best to explain it. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel chapter 11. Let's look at another uh, scripture that involves the Spirit of God moving. It says in Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 1, Moreover, the Spirit lifted me up. This was Ezekiel talking. And he brought me unto the east gate of the Lord's house, which looks eastward. And behold, at the door of the Lord's house, of the gate, five and twenty men, twenty-five men, among whom I saw. I'm not even going to try to pronounce these words, these names. We're going to say J and A and Brother P, who was the son of Brother B. Who were the princes of the people? We'll stop it right there, right? Verse 2 says, Then said he unto me, This was God talking to Ezekiel, Son of man, those are the men that devise mischief and give wicked counsel to the city, which I say it is not near. This is what they said. Let us build houses, this city, the caldron, and we be flesh. Now the Amplified uh, uh, records that this way. Who say the time is not near to build houses. This city is the boiling pot and we are the flesh. Verse 4. Therefore, watch what God told Ezekiel. He says, prophesy against them prophecy. O son of man. Watch verse 5 because here's the point or the principle. And the spirit of the Lord did what? Fell on me and what happened? And he said, do what? Speak. So when the Spirit of God moves on you, whether we are in a worship time or whether you're at home or whether you're at your job, whether you're in your cubicle, when the Spirit of God falls on you, you don't need to get up and run. You need to do some talking. He told Ezekiel, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me and he said, speak. Let's look at another verse because some of you need to be convinced that the Spirit of God has the ability to move. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, let's look in verse 25. Numbers 11, 25. And it says, and the Lord came down in a cloud. This is when Moses was, was uh, uh, training his leadership. And it says, and the Lord spoke to him and said, and took of the Spirit that was on him, of Moses, And gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass. Watch this now. That when the Spirit did what on them? Did what on them? When the Spirit rested on them, what did they do? 
they prophesied and did not cease. Now, let's look in the New Testament scripture because some of you are saying, well, pastor, that's all in the Old Testament. Well, let's go over to the New Testament. And I want you to turn over to 2 Peter chapter 1. They're going to put it on the screen. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16. Now, let me set this up because uh, uh, earlier... What happened was Jesus was getting ready to go up to, they call, the mountain of transfiguration. He took three people with him. He took Peter, James, and John. And when he took these these three individuals, they saw something that the other nine disciples did not see. So now Peter, who's right, who's, who wrote the book of 2 Peter, Peter is now recollecting on that experience that he had with Jesus, James, and John. He's now recording that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses. Everybody say eyewitnesses. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he, verse 17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when, watch this, when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now remember, this is the second time that God spoke from heaven to Jesus or to who those who were around. Remember the first time when God said to Jesus that you are my beloved son and someone heard it is when John baptized him. Now here's a second time that God is saying it on this mountain with Peter, James, and John. And let me just say this. When God says a word, he's going to confirm that word. The scripture says in the mouth of Two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So if you believe God has given you a word, someone with a credible voice will confirm that word. Say amen to that. Verse 18, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him in the holy mountain. We have also, watch this, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Verse 20. Now, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Notice now, he says, when it comes to the word, There should be no private interpretation. And that's how people get off into cults and stupidness. Because they get... They grab hold of people's private interpretation. And this is why, Pastor Reverend, I rightly divide the word. Because, listen, the way the word interprets itself. You don't interpret the word. The word will interpret the word. Amen. And so he says, knowing this first, that there is no prophecy of Scripture that has any private interpretation. Here's a verse that I want you to see. For the prophecy of Scripture came not in the old times by the will of man, but holy men of God. What kind of men? Holy men of God. Watch this now. They spoke, watch this, as they were what class? moved by the Holy Ghost. I want you to see that even back then, the way God used men to pen the Bible, because you can argue all day, men pen the Bible, but God is the author of the Bible. He he told them what to write. And so if you see here, it says that those people spoke, but they they spoke when they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now let's look at one more verse in the New Testament, and then we're going to jump into this. Because, see, some of you don't, you're not, you're not uh, aware 
of God prompting you, and that's why I'm here today. Because, see, there are some places that he wants to take you, and there are some things that he wants to do, but if you don't get adjusted to his promptings, you can miss the bus stop he wants you standing on. Amen. So let's look at one more verse in the New Testament because it's going to bring another powerful element to this whole uh, proclaim while you're being prompted. This is in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there became a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Like as, it wasn't fire, notice it says like as fire, and it sat upon each one of them, that's the Spirit, and they were all filled with what? The Holy Ghost, and how do we know that? It says, and they began to speak with what kind of tongues? Other tongues, watch this, read it with me, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So now, why do you think I went through all that? It's so that you could see and agree that the Holy Spirit still moves today. And there are times that they spoke in English when the Spirit of God came on them. And then in the New Testament when they got filled with the Holy Spirit and being born again, that they spoke in tongues. And so there are going to be times now that the prompting of the Lord is going to come on you and you're going to need to talk in English and some, and you need to talk in tongues. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know how to talk in tongues. Well, I'm glad you go to this church because we're going to teach you how to do that too. And you don't even have to, you know, go to school to do it. Amen. Now, here's point number two. Because remember... Point one was what? God still what? He still what? He still moves. Here's point number two. God's spirit speaks. God's spirit speaks. Now let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. They're just going to put it on the screen. I want you to see that God's spirit still speaks today. It says, now the spirit, everybody say the spirit. The spirit speaks expressly. So we can just stop reading the verse. I'm going to continue to read it, but I just want you to see that according to a New Testament verse, it says that the Spirit speaks, and then he says expressly that in the latter times, latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed, watch this, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, I'm going to read that out of the Living Bible, uh, which they may or may not be able to put up there. But I want to read it because it really explains this verse better. It says, but the Holy Spirit tells us clearly, that means the Spirit of God still speaks, that in the last days, some in the church... Touch your neighbor and say, I hope it ain't you. Some in the church will turn away from Christ and become eager followers of teachers with devil-inspired ideas. Come on. It's happening today. All these different religions and cults that are popping up. And most Christians who end up diverting into that foolishness, it's only because they're not rooted in the truth. It says, these teachers will tell lies with straight faces and do it so often that their consciences won't even bother them. 
If you notice, the verse we just read started out by saying that the Spirit speaks. Now, let's look in John chapter 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13, because the second point is that the Spirit of God speaks. The first point was the Spirit of God moves. Now, I'm trying to get you to see that the Spirit of God speaks. Watch now, John 16, verse 13. It says, this is Jesus. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, when He comes, watch this now, He will guide you into all truth, for he, the Spirit of God, shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, read it with me, that shall he speak. Everybody say, the Spirit of God still speaks. So when the Spirit of God begins to speak, he's only going to say what the Father is saying, and typically... He's going to say things that contradict your surroundings. See, God is not so uh, uh, impacted by what he sees like us. When we're impacted by something we see, we say what we see. Oh, my God, the economy's going crazy. I hope I keep my job. See, God don't talk like that. God don't, don't, you know, when you, when you wake up in, your, in, your, in, in the morning and your knees are hurting uh, and, and, and God don't say, this the devil, he'll say, or your flesh will go, you might need a knee replacement. You 20 and your knee was hurting. <laughs> Talking about a knee replacement. Well, God don't speak like that. Well, Romans 4, 17 tells us how God speaks. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, talking about Abraham, before him who believed, even God. Now, he's about to now talk about what God does. Even God, who quickens the dead, and God calls those things which be not as though they were. And I'm telling you by the Spirit of God today, there are some things that God wants to accelerate in your life. I'm going to say that again. I'm saying by the Spirit of God, there are some things that God wants to do to accelerate some things in your life. But you and I, we must cooperate with the Spirit of God and we need to speak what He speaks. There are some positions, some businesses, some contracts, some relationships, some healings, some deliverances, and even some callings on your life. But they must come forth if you say it. Acts 13 verse 1 says this. Now there was a church in, that was in Antioch and certain prophets and teachers in that church and as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manon which had been brought up with Herod the patriarch and Saul as these people, all of these people as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, watch this now, the Holy Ghost said, Man, you want the Holy Ghost to talk to you? I dare you to turn your plate over. Oh, that was too that was too carnal right there, huh? No, no, no. Sometimes if you really want to hear from God, listen, bring your flesh down and when your flesh comes down, your spirit will rise up. Man, turn that plate over. Tell church is chicken, you will see them at church. 
Because sometimes it takes, if you're desperate to hear from God, sometimes you just have to do some fasting and some praying. And that's what happened in verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed, watch this, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now listen, I want you to notice the process there because you don't leave a church or even try to start a ministry without the Holy Spirit speaking. And if you notice, watch this, more than just Saul and Barnabas heard the Holy Ghost. And notice there were other witnesses, there were some prophetic people there that heard the Holy Spirit and they were in the same church. So listen to me, church. It's okay to get a word from God outside of this church. It's okay. But somebody in this church and someone in some leadership here should be able to confirm that word you got on the outside. Amen. The Holy Spirit speaks and most of the time Listen, I'm about to help you hear his voice. It's in a tense, you know, you have present tense, past tense. It's in a tense as if you're talking to yourself. In other words, it's going to sound like someone talking to you that's outside of you who's actually in you. Let me tell you what it's not going to sound like. Girl, you need a new car. That was your flesh. Man, you better get married. That's your flesh. Okay? But when you hear it from, like, when the Spirit of God will typically say something like, you forgot your keys in your jacket pocket. Well, that's not you talking to you. Because that's like you talking third person to yourself. Who does that? Unless you have some problems. I mean, that's like me walking around saying, Evan, you are such a great man, Evan, and, but you need some prayer to yourself. I'm not, I don't talk to myself like that. I hope you don't either. But in a lot of cases, it's going to come and it's going to sound like it's somebody on the outside of you talking to you, but it's actually the Holy Spirit on the inside. Now watch John chapter 14, verse 26, because I want to share show you, something, show you something. It says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the, whom the Father will send in my name, watch, watch, his, watch his job, he will teach you all things, bring all things back to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. He will teach you all things and he will bring all things back to your remembrance in other words the spirit of god still speaks and this happened years ago to me uh if you put philippians chapter 2 verse 25 on the screen philippians 2 25 you know uh when i was single i just read the bible and i want to encourage you if you're single read the bible come on before you get on facebook before you get on instagram and for you tweet any Twitter and Snapchat something, read your Bible. So, you know, I used to read the Bible a lot. A lot of read the Bible. Read the, I, I mean, I read the Bible, read, read the Bible, read the Bible. And so, you know, and so when, when, when I got married, still read the Bible. But uh, you don't get to read as much when you're married. Because if you do, you won't stay married. Amen. That's y'all, some of y'all's problem. You reading the Bible and those dishes stacked up in your sink. And your spouse is like, what is going on here? I'm reading the Bible. You better come and wash these dishes, I'll tell you that. 
But anyway, uh, I was part of a church, and we used to have to get up. See, church is so convenient now. Online church, e-church, on the telephone prayer time. We didn't have that. You had to go to the church to pray. Get up in the morning at 5 to get to the church and pray. That's how we pray. All you got to do now is pick up the phone at 7 o'clock and just listen to something. You ain't have to get out of the bed. You don't have to brush your teeth. You ain't got to do nothing. Convenient church today. So I had to get up. I had to get that out of my system. So I had to get up this particular day and go to church. I mean, go to prayer. And I think prayer was at 6 in the morning, so I'm up and I'm getting ready for prayer. And while I'm getting up ready for prayer, the Spirit of God speaks to me and says, Epaphroditus. Well, how many in here know somebody named Epaphroditus? I'm like, what in the world is that? Epaphroditus. So I was like, wow, that's weird. Didn't pay attention to it. Went to church. While we in intercessory prayer, while we praying at the church, the Spirit of God prompts me again and says, Epaphroditus. I said, what in the world is that? So I said, you know what, when I get home, I'm going to look it up because it's got to be a name in the Bible. Because it sure ain't a name in this latest baby book. I know it ain't in there. So I get home and I forget all about Epaphroditus. And right before I went to work, the Lord prompted me again, Epaphroditus. So I went to in a concordance. And so now, Philippians chapter 2, verse 25, when I read this verse, what was prompted in here for me to hear that word or that name, now I got revelation from this word. So watch this now. He says, this was Paul talking. He says, I suppose it is necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now listen to the description of Epaphroditus, and I'm going to tell you why. First he said he was his what? His brother, and what else? Companion in labor, what else? A fellow soldier, somebody's going to do war with you, and then who else? Your messenger, and then watch this, and he who ministered to Paul's wounds. When I read that, I knew that's what I was supposed to do for my pastor at the time. When I read that, I was like, wow, that's what's in my heart for, to, for me to do for my pastor. And so when the Spirit of God moves, when he speaks, he wants you to do something about it. So here's the last point right here. Here's the last point, number three, and that is God's Spirit shows. He moves, he speaks, and he shows. Watch this now. Let's go back to John 16, 13, because I left out purposely part of the verse so you can read the difference. It says uh, in verse 13, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, watch this now, he shall speak, and then watch what else he does. This, the spirit of God, he will show you what? Things to come. In other words, there are some things that God sees that he wants to show you. And when you see what these things are, you and I must begin to declare with our mouths what we see and what we sense and what we hear. Watch this. Because now that triggers the creation process. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God was moving, and then the Bible says, and God said. In other words, the words that God spoke while the Spirit of God was moving is what caused the creative process to take place. And there are some things in your life that God wants to create, but He needs your participation. 
Watch this now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but First uh, Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor has ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things, say things, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. There are some things that God has for your life. Watch this now. But God has revealed those things unto us. How? By his spirit, for the spirit such as all things, yes, the deep things of God. In other words, the spirit of God already knows what these things are. He's just waiting for us to get in position so when he moves and he speaks and we hear, we can say what he's saying. So how do we know when we're being prompted? A prompting is like a nudge. It's like a push, but not a shove. It's like when Jesus said, who touched me? There was something inside that, that nudged him, that triggered. And see, see, uh, the first step in how we apply this lesson is going to be you giving the Holy Spirit permission to help you uh, uh, sense when he's nudging. Because some of you have not given him permission. Everybody say a nudge. So how do we apply this? First thing you got to do to do this lesson, because let me tell you something. When you learn what I'm telling you, your life changes. Number one is give the Holy Spirit permission to nudge you and then ask him to help you recognize his nudge. Here, and, and let's just start with being practical. Let's just start with, with let's just, your positive feelings. Okay, let's just say you, you wake up and you feel rich that day. How many know there are days you feel rich? Let me see your hand. Yeah, you feel rich. You say, well, Pastor, I don't feel rich all the time. I'm going to help you with that one too. But in this one, let's say you wake up and you feel rich. Don't just feel rich. Don't just feel good. Don't just feel blessed. Don't just type it on Facebook. Open your creative mouth and begin to declare it so it just won't be words on a computer. It'll be creative words coming out of your mouth. When you feel rich, and watch this, say Psalm 35, 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor his righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in healed. See, that's what you want to say while you're feeling rich. Amen. Here's the second thing. This is, I'm talking about the promptings of the Spirit. Use the enemy's voice to prompt you to proclaim the, prom, the promises. Use the, the, the enemy's voice. When he tells you, you broke, use that as a prompting to say, I'm rich. Oh, God, self supply all my needs. Listen, when he says, you ain't going to make it, you ain't got enough money to pay that. Oh, no, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Use the enemy's voice to prompt you to proclaim. Here's number three. When you sense God's spirit on you, begin to speak out loud his desires and promises for your life. Because when you say what the spirit is saying, watch this now, this is deep. It's no longer you speaking, it's God. I'm going to say that again. When you say what the spirit of God is prompting you to say, it ain't you talking no more. It's God's talking. And let me tell you something, when God talks, everything listens. As a matter of fact, his word is not going to return to him void. Amen. Here's number, I don't know what number I'm on, but when you sense the need, when you sense the need to pray in tongues, do it right then and there. 
Now, if you're in a meeting or you're somewhere and nobody needs to hear it, you can speak in tongues to yourself. But you need to do it. Everybody say, you need to do it. When I was preaching, I'm closing right here. So we were at Seguin High School, and uh, they're going to put up a picture in just a second. Don't put it up yet. Uh, uh, I'm preaching, and I got on this thing where I was like, you know what? Uh, you know, because the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to drink, but it is wrong to get drunk. Did you know that? Okay, so even though it ain't wrong to drink, Pastor Evan don't drink. I do drink water and Coke with extra ice. But it's my choice. I don't, I don't want to do nothing else. Well, um, here it is. Uh, I'm preaching, and I get on this thing like, some of y'all, you know, quit drinking, but now you're hanging out with people, and they drink, and now you done started back drinking. And while I was saying that, I got a prompting. And this prompting, I just said it because y'all know me. I just said, I said, somebody done brought some cognac to church. Who the, see how y'all laughing? I said, who did that? And y'all started laughing. And right after I said that, I got another prompting. I saw in the spirit a million dollar check. At the time, it didn't have nobody's name on it, so I didn't know who it was for. But I saw a million dollars written out. Later on that day, I get a phone call from Keith, our saxophonist. He says, Pastor, you're going to laugh at this. I said, what? He said, "Uh, when you said somebody brought some cognac to church, he said, "Uh, I was playing at a gig a couple of weeks ago, and the promoter of the gig gave all the musicians a sample bottle of cognac. He says, I didn't think nothing of it because I don't drink and I don't drink that. He says, so I just threw it in my saxophone case and forgot about it. Why is it, Pastor, that this morning, the saxophone that I was playing, that was the case that had the cognac in it? Sitting right here on the stage while I'm preaching. There is the picture right here. Cognac. Now, how would I know that? How would I know that cognac is in his case? I didn't know, but the Spirit of God knew. And listen, if the Spirit of God knew the cognac was in the case, if that was real, the million-dollar check I saw was real too. So I'm telling you, this is what I'm doing. I've been now proclaiming, Father, thank you for that million-dollar check coming in Jesus' name. Thank you for whoever has it. Put it on their heart to let it go. And some of you need to start proclaiming. When we're having worship, come back up. Somebody play behind me. When we're having worship, don't just cry. Proclaim. If you notice, Pastor Polo gives you opportunity to say things. Begin to say, even say what the song is saying is is a God of miracles. And and just stop singing the songs and say, Father, I thank you for miracles taking place in my life. Because the Spirit is already moving. Thank you, Father, for miracle working power taking place in my heart and in my family and on my job and in my business. I thank you for miracles taking place this week that I know not of. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I know this word is for some people today. I want you to receive it right now in Jesus' name. What is God saying to you? Now, I want to pray for some people who 
can't get a prompting because you're not saved. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You don't have the comforter on on the inside because you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. It's time to do that today. So here's the question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not sure.